0: So welcome Nico, welcome to Life, the Universe and Dan.
1: Thanks bro, thanks for having me.
0: No, thanks for doing this. Um, it's funny, I, this is my third conversation and for whatever reason this one's making me feel nervous, I don't know why. but <laughs>
1: <gasps> Yeah, well, I mean, I've always been one to not sugarcoat anything so this should be pretty interesting, I reckon.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's that's a good place to start, I guess. Some context for those, for those who are listening. Uh so Nico and I actually met at school back in back in Bathurst. Um, we've known each other for almost near enough, but it makes it 15 years.
1: A bit, bit longer, I think. A
0: bit longer, yeah. Yeah, well, Tom's and I have known each other for 20 years, another friend of ours from school, so, yeah, it must be a bit less than that.
1: I mean, to be fair, we weren't the closest at school. Our friendship kind of blossomed outside of school. Um, but, you know, we knew each other. We knew all of each other.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that, actually. Yeah, it wasn't until... In our later twenties, actually, the same with a few of my friends, with well, the group, yeah, Alex and Sammy, like yep. we went, we obviously knew each other, but yeah, that that friendship group really became close, close after school. Um, While well, we're here, what, what 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 led you to, what, what led your parents to send you to, the oh. to Bathurst, All Saints?
1: Uh, that's a that's a, a long convoluted story. But <laughs> essentially, I was just a, a I was a terrible kid. Um, <laughs> yeah for lack of a better term, I uh, got given everything i uh, was I was afforded every opportunity um, and for whatever reason, I opted to be the class clown for most of it and uh yeah i uh <laughs> I screwed up at the school that I wanted to go to and was given an ultimatum uh, either to go to a boarding school. Uh, in Bathurst or King's College in in Sydney, and I, I chose the boarding school in Bathurst because there were women there.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. look, and as knowing a little bit about Kings, I wouldn't want to go there anyway.
1: Um, so, yeah, and then <laughs> I actually got kicked out of that first school, um, and it, All Saints was the second school that I that I ended up at at um, in Bathurst. So. Do you, and by second
0: school, you mean you, you tried Scots
1: yeah. first? Yeah. So I got kicked out of Scots first. It was, back in the day, it was quite a racist school. Um,
0: yeah, or being a country school, I guess, They're a bit backwards.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, just even the way the teachers spoke to some of the, uh, or some of the, the, the boarding masters spoke to some of the uh, the international students mm. was, uh, I mean, I thought I'd copped a bit of racism, but nothing compared to those, because I'm not sure if they could understand, like, if, if the... Not sure if they could understand the the boarding masters were being so rude to them, you know.
0: Probably not you know th- if they were the the, the Korean exchange and the yeah, we had a lot of Koreans at All Saints. They were great. I remember. Yeah, they were, they were very funny. Uh, yeah. Your your background when you refer to racism, you, you're referring to the fact that you're, your your ethnic and yeah. European background.
1: Yeah. Um, so half Greek, um, but you know some people from across the street might think that I look a little bit Lebanese or Afghani or something like that could be mistaken for you know some, something along those lines but uh yeah half Greek so very hairy quite dark um so yeah just going to a school where my first name wasn't you know Bob and my last name wasn't Smith yeah. they were they were pretty uh yeah more so from more so from the uh from the from the teachers not so much the kids really actually, believe it or an, not yeah it's
0: an interesting thing to observe yeah, the kids you weren't wearing RMs and jeans and funnelette shirts. You were. I tried. Do try, try I tried to? Did try, yeah. <laughs> but
1: uh, yeah, I no, just didn't 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 quite fit in.
0: What? Why did you get the nickname? I've been fascinated by. It. I've never referred to you as it, but for a long time at school we referred to you as uh, Fat K. Now your name is Nico Kuriyevs, so K.
1: So yeah, the K uh, is a uh, yeah obviously the first the first initial of my of my last name. So the fat actually comes from. Uh, Way back in the day, I grew up in uh, Lowell North Shore uh, around Gordon, and there was a internet cafe. Back in the days when you know you still had dial up, and it was more fun to play games on a local area or an area network than it was to. I mean, online gaming wasn't a thing yet because the speeds weren't, weren't enough. But you know, Counter Strike and uh, and 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 whatnot were available at internet cafes so I used to spend a lot of my afternoons there and the clan that we came up with me and a few mates at the time was was fat and just so happened that I was about you know at the time five foot tall and weighed about 130 kilos so it kind of just stuck. That's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
0: So, from 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 getting kicked out of Scots and coming to All Saints, how was the, the the different, the contrasting sort of difference? Because you you've got you know you are still friends with, you're pretty close with with the boys these days. They're probably your you know your oldest friends, and you went to boarding school with them. What was the why? Why did All Saints stick for you? Um,
1: so I think a lot of the All Saints was because I went to four high schools here in Australia, and I did a couple of. Schools over in Cyprus as well because I was just that crap. Um, but um, All Saints, all the schools were just that crap. Well, no, no, I was uh, like I said, I was, I was, I was a little shit. Um, all Saints was the first school that I got to where the teachers and the students both te- both treated me like a human, not a student. Mm. So um, yeah, All Saints was good for that. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I had a lot of trouble with was uh, getting caught smoking all the time yeah uh, I'd been smoking cigarettes since I was about uh, seven or eight years old um, used to steal dad cigarettes out of the cupboard and yeah so smoking and and school for me was was a bit of a challenge uh, and All Saints was the first school that I got to uh, where Jenny Williams the principal at the time was like you want to smoke, I don't care. Just don't do it around any of the other kids. Mm. So, I kind of had that that liberty, and you know, not having to worry about that, I guess, allowed me to concentrate on failing all my classes. Yeah, well,
0: I was never one to judge when you were at school. We may have been the greatest of friends, but your class class antics were no worse than mine at times. So, (laughs) I um, just as as a side note, I recently went to TAFE to do my carpentry certificate as an adult apprentice and I spent six months with 16 and 17 year old boys and I feel like that was the universe uh dumping about a karma <laughs> on me after Would it be horrible. <laughs> it was. I now appreciate why some of my my now dear friends the uh it's from school especially the, the well women now but the girls back then found me irritating because I was a bit of a class clown and so, I, yeah, not one to judge, but a school was a funny time.
1: I do feel that sixteen and seventeen-year-olds are a little bit different these days than they were, yeah, fifteen twenty years ago, though.
0: That we didn't have they don't we didn't have smartphones back then, so no. they, and they were constantly on TikTok at TAFE and talking absolute crap. But anyway, we digress. So, just just to, to context, All Saints was a school in Bathurst, which is about three hours west of of Sydney in New South Wales. It was about four hundred and something students.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah four. Four hundred and fifty or four hundred and eighty or something like that. Something it, like was that. A, it wasn't a big school, no. And that was across all grades. Obviously. And that was that's
0: right, kindy to year one, and it was also boarding from year seven to twelve. Um, had a reasonably good rugby sort of culture, um, which was which was a lot of fun. We also played played a bit of rugby. Um,
1: I, think, I think our year was probably one of the last big years that went through. Really, we had about sixty or seventy in our year, which was which was big for, big. for that school.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I found memories of playing of, of well, All Saints in general. Um, it was, yeah, it's a, I owe a lot to that as well from the the, yeah, the openness of the student, the, sorry, the teacher, or the students as well. We're still, it's crazy how many friends we still have from school. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And the the, the gang's still still pretty close. But the teachers especially, I remember, they'd said the similar thing to me, just look, don't, if you don't want to work, that's fine. Just don't disrupt the other students who want to work. And so I just, I think... We both just I sat up the back and did nothing.
1: Yeah, well, the the, the culture that they that the, the the teaching culture that was at All Saints it just suited the type of kids that were there. Yeah, uh, and I think one of the main reasons why a lot of those kids are still a lot of those those guys are still called my my closest friends is because um, we're all in our own way. We all kind of ended up at All Saints. Nobody expressly like started there yeah. from a young age. Yeah. It was kind of like we all had our own little problems or had our own little disagreements at other schools and whatnot. And It was kind of like a bit of a, a misfit crew that, that ended up there. That's and right. Yeah, we kind of just – we guess we gelled over that as well.
0: Yeah, well, we're, we're all a bit – we all have our own uniqueness and I think, yeah, we saw that in each other. I think that's what I love about our friendship group these days. But also the alternative, I remember going to school, <laughs> I remember – when Mum and Dad finally took me to high school, it was Bathurst, Tile, Kelso, and there was just no chance that <laughs> I was going to go to Bathurst, Tile, or Kelso. And so we went to Scots, and Scots, for whatever reason, was just—we didn't even think of it. It was either Stanis, Stanislaus and Stannislaws up on the hill, or Scots. And I remember meeting the headmaster, and then going to see All Saints just after that, and saying, to "Mum, please don't send me to the school on the hill. I want to go to the white one down <laughs> down by the with the nice, pretty, with the nice, pretty lands and, and the and the nice teacher." Also, Stanny's terrified me. It was so grim up there, that big old church.
1: Yeah, kind of like a, I mean, I've, I've never seen, I've never seen it, but kind of gave off like Hogwarts, but without the magic.
0: Yeah, well, Hogwarts with, um, yeah, with, with, instead of wizards and happiness, it was, yeah, torture and many other things that I won't comment on in this <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. Please um, <laughs> don't Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. So... Yeah, all saints we go through all saints together not that close but then after school I remember actually it's yeah funny with a friend with one of our friendship groups yeah we weren't close at all and then I bumped into him in at at, at city fit in the gym just after I go back from Europe after my gap year and I was like oh no not him and I think he said the same thing and then we but we had to go past each other to get out of the gym and so we had a chat and then I was like oh oh you you've grown up I've grown up. Mm-hmm. Let's hang out, and then we became close friends. And, and by virtue, then we started hanging out more. Yeah. And then the other, and then the sort of the four of us started hanging out. What? Your after school? You did? Did you go to university?
1: uh y- kind of. Um, so I didn't get a high enough uh, ATAR or UAI UA, back then. UAI back then. Yeah, that's one. I uh, didn't get a high enough UAI, so. Um, I was doing like a bridging course, oh, yeah. business studies, uh, to get into some sort of business degree. Um, about three months into it, I lost my license and could not be stuffed walking the 1.8 kilometres to uni. Oh, so, literally that binary. Hey? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just I just had a I just had a bit of a gap year here, and then got to the end of the year and sort of turned around to my parents and said, oh, "I don't think uni's for me. I want to do something else." So. Yeah, kind of fudged my uh, results a little bit. Said, "Yeah, look, I'm doing all right, but I just I don't want to do uni." So, but yeah, I, I failed because I didn't show up, which is fair enough.
0: Hey, look, <laughs> we've all been there. Um, but you then went into to the family business.
1: Uh, not immediately. Um, so I went and did some. I went and did some door to door sales for Optus. No way. That was fun <laughs> knocking on people's you, doors. Yeah, in a suit in the middle of summer. No way, in Bathurst? Like, no, 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 this is all in Sydney. Like, And for some strange reason, they thought it, it would be good, a good idea to always give me like the shire suburbs. So because of the way that I looked, walking around, knocking on people's doors, I was just knocking on people's doors and they were just open, fuck off, you wanker. I don't, don't want to uh, hear it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, about six months of that, I got tired of it. and uh, Went and then started working uh, for a structural uh, engineering company. Um, doing like welding and stuff cuz i did a lot of automotive and welding uh through through school um and then yeah did that for for a little bit and then uh eventually um ended up cuz i had a disagreement with uh with my dad for a couple of years so we didn't talk for a while and then um yeah ended up going and giving mum a hand one day and that was what 17 years ago now so yeah heavily invested in the family business heavily guess, invested <laughs>
0: but you've got a, a natural aptitude for creativity and why why do you why did metal metal work fascinate you so much was it relation to the cars in particular or was it just the metal
1: um yeah a little bit of both like of when when kids when they're little they've got their they've got their little their little dolls and their things that they play with um i used to have about 200 max, matchbox cars that i would line yeah. up in lines underneath my underneath my doona every night I couldn't sleep unless they were all in the bed, and I knew every single one of them. I knew what type of car they were. I knew all of the power stats of them. Blah 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 blah. I've forgotten all that now, but yeah, like I was just car crazy when I was little, and then um, yeah, with uh, with the business, obviously doing uh, performance parts for cars and whatnot. Uh, the family business—it's kind of a bit of a progression, natural progression into it, I guess. Um, and I, I, I love. I do love working with stainless steel. It's uh it's, it's
0: not an easy thing to work with.
1: No, no, it's not um it distorts, it changes shape depending on its heat. Yeah. Um yeah, it changes color. Uh you know, welding it together too hot can destroy a piece. You know, you, you've got to be but welding it together, you know, too cold and it will it will fail. So It's brittle.
0: Is it becomes brittle when it's too cold? Like
1: so it work hardens. So when you're drilling it with a with a with a drill piece or whatever, it'll it'll be fine, 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 and the next thing it will just snap you down. Snap,
0: yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've only had a little bit to do with it at work. Yeah. It's um,
1: can, it can be real painful. What,
0: is there a reason for that, the metal, metalology <laughs> of it is it? The uh,
1: so it's got, I um, can't remember exactly what it is, but so uh, it's got nickel and something else in it. And then when it gets hot, it actually changes the molecular, molecular structure of it and all the little, uh, all little, uh, it's got chromium, iron, and nickel. Oh, it's so quite a lot, yeah. So, um, and depending on the mixture of each three, gives you a different grades. Yeah, and sure. And then when it, get, when it gets hot, the irons will go in the one direction and yeah. it becomes much, much harder and much mm-hmm. more
0: brittle. Which is why it's used in exhaust pipes, because you can handle the heat and stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can use other stuff as well, but, yeah, yeah stainless kind of just lasts a lot longer. Yeah. Uh,
0: so the, the, the core of the business, the core function of the family business was high end exhaust systems exhaust systems for, systems for, for cars for performance cars
1: yeah or ferraris lambos yeah anything and everything anything those
0: lines. Yep. but you could also you've said before in the past that you can put an exhaust system on any car and and improve the performance it may not be a performance car but it it could right. potentially improve the performance and is that just to do with the the getting the exhaust out of the engine more efficiently
1: yeah just sca- scavenging the exhaust coming out of the engine uh yeah, just the, the, the scavenging effect is what it's called, um, depending on the length of the headers and whatnot. So it's all very, very technical. Technical, there's, yeah. There's a the whole bunch of math behind it. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly what it is. We kind of just base it off if somebody wants a, a custom exhaust or whatever and they, I, I ask them, you know, what are you chasing, power or sound or both? Or, you know, if they want something specific, then I'll sit down with their engine builder or their tuner or whatever and we'll go through what the car's going to be used for, and then we'll build something accordingly.
0: And that's become pretty intuitive for you these days?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I've had a bit of experience yeah. over the years.
0: How many exhaust systems do you reckon you've built?
1: Uh, say five cars a day for the last 17 years. <laughs> okay. Like uh, the, the big cars, like the big jobs, like maybe... But a few, but a
0: few thousand, we could probably surmise. Uh, easy. Easy, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Um, and that's kept you. That's sort of been your your sort of primary source of income. Um, but you've also had a love of cars, for, for as you said back in, as a as a child, lining up your Matchbox cars in bed. But yeah, what? Yeah. But your dad was also into 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 racing as well a bit, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. So he did uh, he did a whole bunch of rallies. He did uh, he loved to do long distance rallies. So he did the London to Sydney in 1993. Yeah. Um, Ship the car over to London. It was a, an old E H Holden. Um. And, yeah, him and a couple of his mates did uh, did the London City in 1993. Then in 1997, he drove a Datsun 1600 from Panama to Alaska. Uh, and then in 2000, he also drove the same Datsun 1600 from London to Sydney again, but this time with my mum as the navigator.
0: Navigator, yeah, I've always found that, that fascinating on yeah. so many levels. <laughs> that yeah, you, okay. you, because navigator is a pretty, pretty critical role in in a rally. If I, look, I know very little about rallying. I've watched a little bit of it, but it's at the, the, the breakneck speeds they're traveling around on these tracks, and the way in which they, re- the navigator has to read out. I guess is it directions or turn points or.
1: Yeah, so there's a, there's a few different uh, variations of navigator notes. Um, so. Case notes is what you see on the TV with WIC and whatnot, and a lot of those guys will actually walk the tracks beforehand um, on foot, and they'll go through and they'll they'll make a mark in their book what type what the tightness of the radius, and it's on a scale of one to six. So one is not much at all, and six is a hairpin bend. Um, and then the other uh, method that that's used is just. Uh, like what we used to use in our club rallies, which is a measurement, a, 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 a measurement. so like 400 metres, and then it might be like road goes right over culvert or, you know, uh, 500 metres, double caution, hump, <sighs> you know, just little things like yeah. that. And if they don't need to be marked, they're not marked. So the rest of the time it's just like flat out. So say if some, something is a double caution in 500 metres and it's just a hump and it's not telling you to go left or right, it means if you don't slow down, you might break your car.
0: As in, like it's going to hit it hard and launch yeah. off. Launch. Yeah. The, the speeds they're traveling; these things don't just sort of.
1: Yeah, you got to be. Got to be a little bit. Got to be a little bit careful.
0: Yeah, it's, that's why I sort of I brought it up because it's, you know, communication is a key part in in any in any relationship or marriage. But then to, to have you to have your mum, your dad's wife, as a navigator, I, that's a depressing bit of communication.
1: She never got lost. Never, never got, got lost.
0: Never,
1: no? never got lost. No matter curtain. no matter what country she was in. Uh, she managed to lead a whole bunch of people that were lost out of out of a, a kerfuffle that they were in in, uh, in during the pan Alaska. But uh, yeah, no, she's uh, she's pretty good. I get my homing pigeon uh, uh, I get my homing pigeon heritage from her. I think.
0: Yeah, it's a fun little story. Nico and I often have long discussions about which way is the fastest way to get somewhere, or where's the most efficient way to get somewhere. We have uh, we have our ways, but we seem to. Only just my – Nico's probably faster than me driving, so it generally beats me.
1: We, we, have, we have a mutual respect
0: these days. We have a mutual respect. We, yeah. yeah. One of our friends has an inability to find himself away from a block away, and so that's always fun. It's, it's, the, the contrast is funny. Where I think you could drop either Nico and I anywhere in a radius of about 600 kilometres from Sydney. And we'd be fine. And we'd be fine. I would happily walk it and you'd happily drive it and we'd yeah. figure out a way to get home. Yeah, home in pigeon. It's like I can sort of see whether it's a home in pigeon or I don't know how you can see it, but in my head, I can, there's a map in my head of most of the roads that I've driven on in Sydney. Yeah. And I roughly know where everything leads. And I have yeah. a reasonably good idea of north, south, east, west. Never eat soggy wheat picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: I'm, 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 pre- I'm pretty good, like anything north of the bridge, anything around sort of eastern suburbs, inner west, pretty good with. The rest of Sydney kind of scares me a bit.
0: Yeah, my my um my girlfriend lives down in uh, Maroubra, and I've spent a bit of time down in Maroubra and East Gardens and uh, La Perouse, and I have no idea where I'm going. I'm slowly getting better at it, but I just I get confused every time I I get down there. I have to ask for directions. Yeah, and I've been going down there for almost a year now. So you'd think (laughs) it's just I've never spent any time down there, so I've got no. Well, that's what I. That's my excuse anyway. I've got no map of the area.
1: Um, anyway. I've, I've, I've actually I've actually forgotten a little bit about yeah. Sydney. Like back when I was doing my – when I had my, my – well, not my L's, but I mean I did thousands of kilometres yeah. of licenced, thousands and thousands. Um, but, uh, you know, I started driving a mate's brother's car. After he would get too drunk, he'd be like, all right, Nico, you can have the keys now. And he lived just next to the Golston Gorge. So as a 12, 13-year-old, I'm in his little – Buddy, see a little Toyota Celica with a twin cam motor in it, so I used to just fly up and down and take whoever wanted to come with me for joy rides. Um, and then, yeah, uh, all through my peas, like I would go, I would go and borrow one of the, the one of the, one of the the work cars. We had these little Hyundai Excels that had sign, there was sign written all over them, right? And we used to wouldn't go any further north than Newcastle, any further south than Wollongong, or any further west than Windsor, and would probably do about thousand to fifteen hundred Ks a night in a Hyundai XL <laughs> <laughs> Just for shits and giggles. And for
0: anyone who doesn't know what that actually means, it's two hundred kilometers to Bathurst and that's a three hour drive. So it's a, it's a lot of kilometers. It's you know it's a thousand kilometers to Melbourne. It's,
1: it's ten hours worth of driving it's, every
0: night. It's it's yeah. a lot of driving. A
1: lot
0: of driving. Yeah. Uh you did a bit of rallying in the past.
1: Yeah, I got given an opportunity um jump be behind the wheel. Um so, Mum navigated for me for the first. Well, I started navigating for Dad initially, uh, and then how
0: was that navigating the, for your Dad?
1: Um, he was just frustratingly slow. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he was he's he was an okay driver back in the day, but like he was just. I was like, come on, man! You put your foot into it. Like, <laughs> don't be so. Don't be so gentle. Well, so the first. So the first. The first couple. The first rally that I ever did, we finished. I don't know, like fifteenth, sixteenth or something like that, out of about forty cars, which was about average for dad. And then I was sort of been a been a I was antagonizing him a little bit and uh you know, egging him on and then uh the next rally we actually won our class and we came like seventh outright. So he responded a little bit and then um yeah, he finally gave me a go. Mum jumped in the in the passenger seat. I came third outright in my first ever rally. Um and then I was a highest placed rookie as well. The next rally, I came fourth outright. The next rally, I put it on its roof uh, and didn't finish the rally um, with my mum not navigating. And then the very next rally, after we fixed the car, painted it, put new sign writing on it, blah, 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 um, mum back in the navigator seat. So I'm sure dad thought, yeah, no, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. You know, he's got mum's mum's watching him again. He was not going to do anything stupid. Anyway, sure enough, um, halfway through the Saturday it was a two day rally, Saturday and Sunday. And halfway through the Saturday, managed to put it on its lid again. Oh, this time with mum in the car. And by lid, do you mean flipping it? Yeah. yeah. So I ended up on its roof, and because we were across the track, actually had to had to release the belt, which drops you on your head out onto the yeah. So I'd, and then I had to crawl out of the car, and because we were straight across the track, I had to crawl up, uh, run up the road, and stop the next car. Uh, which I did, and then I can hear, the, can hear through the radio. I'm going, help, help, I'm stuck in the car. Cause she got really disorientated. Because when you go upside down in a car, it can be quite disorientating. At speed too, I imagine. Uh, no, it was really muddy. Like it was oh, okay. So, so the, the rollover was so soft, we didn't even break any of the windows. That they only broke the front windscreen when they rolled the car back onto its wheels. Mm. And yeah, we were, we, were, we were one of, it was really, really muddy. It was a field of about 60 cars, it was a big rally. Uh, so we put it back on its wheels, and we were plumb last because of the, the way that the timing works, yeah, um but we were one of only eight cars that actually finished every single kilometer of competitive that rally yeah, so um but yeah, they ended up calling it off because uh you know cars were getting bogged, and then the fuel drivers that were going in to recover them were also getting, getting bogged, so
0: was this out near Bathurst?,
1: uh, it was actually in orange
0: orange, yeah. yeah, yeah, and in the fire, in the state forest, like the pine yeah. forest, yeah, 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 lots of rallies out there, yeah. Excuse me, I seem to be coughing badly. One sec.
1: <coughs> so, yeah, I no, got an opportunity. Um, yeah, had some okay results and then, yeah, put it on its lid. Uh, with mum in the car, put it on its side with another mate navigating for me. Uh, and then also uh, the one that was the <coughs> final coffin in the, in, in the nail, uh, which killed the motor, was... Um, <sighs> Talking about those double cautions before, so it was actually a triple caution, and it was we we're coming down uh, a hill, uh, just on a fire fire trail in a in a in a, in a pine forest, and the call was uh, triple caution. It was lo- long straight, one point one kilometre long straight, and there was a triple caution in the middle of it. And uh, my mate Benny goes, "Yep, triple caution, 400, 300, He's counting it down, and I looked. I looked at it, and from our position up on the hill, it just looked like a little speed bump. <laughs> so I was like, I'm looking at it, looking at it, and we, we're getting to it, and I'm probably doing like maybe 60, 70 kilometres an hour, so not that fast. Slow down a bit for it. You get to probably 80 metres away from it, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look that bad. Hey, Betty, check this out. So I pull, knocked it back a couple of years, floored it, and as soon as we hit the ramp going up, I realised that I'd just made... Potentially a fatal error. I was like, oh, crap. We hit this jump probably at about 100, 110 kilometres an hour. Oof. <laughs> um, we went, all we saw was sky, and then I must have blinked, and then all we saw was the red dirt. So we went straight up and straight down. We landed on the nose of the car.
0: Is that because the hump was just that steep?
1: It was. Well, it wasn't because the hump was so steep. It was because on the other side of the hump, it had all washed away. Ah. So we actually were jumping off like a mini cliff. Yeah. Right. If you if you were to hit if you were to hit if you were to hit it too side. slow, you would actually beach the car. Oh, okay.
0: Right. So you have to you do have to hit it with speed. You've got
1: to hit it with a bit of speed. So anyway, um, yeah, we we hit it way too fast and uh, land on the nose of the car and actually uh, skipped the timing chain. Uh, so the motor was all out of rhythm and basically destroyed the motor. But the thing that uh, the thing that was probably the most embarrassing bit is Mum and Dad were not, were in the car coming up behind us, huh. and I would asked at the start of the stage because he was in front of us because he had a puncture at the previous stage. I said, "Dad, do you mind if I jump in front of you because we're going to catch you in the stage?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, sure, no problems." So we've gone over the jump, and because of the landing, because of the way the harness works, there's a there's a harness that comes up from below that goes across your groin Yeah, and because we hit the ground so hard um, the scene that my dad was met with as he's come over this little triple caution is his son and his one of his good, good mates both of the front doors of the car open and us both on our sides just clutching at our nuts oh. because, because the bloody harness
0: oh, I kind of not oh.
1: even. <laughs> So it took us about five minutes to gather ourselves, and then, yeah, we couldn't get the car going, so had to retire.
0: Had to retire. So that's that's sort of your 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 intro to to cars and rallying. Sort of seems to be a bit of a family a family passion. Um, and you're so you've left. You know, we've gone through school, left school. We're in Sydney. You're living in Sydney. You live, I remember spending a lot of time in in Darlinghurst. But something that I found really intriguing about Nico, and as our friendship sort of went on. There was a big shift, a big change, sort of happened. We weren't very close in the early days, in the teens and twenties. What was the shi- what do you think the shift was in your mind, the, your your sort of attitude change um, to, to life?
1: Yeah. So um, prior to moving to uh, to Oxford Street, um, I was living in St Leonard's. Yeah. And I was living there with uh, another guy. And um,
0: how old are you at this point?
1: This would be, this would be uh, probably 10, 12, no, 14 years ago. Mm. So, what, I'm 21? 21, 21. 21, yeah, 21, 22. Um, so, I was living with this guy uh, in St. Leonard's, and yeah, like we were having parties every weekend, get, cops were getting called, and like there was, it was, Pretty full on. Um, and then, yeah, I just sort of, guess I had a bit of a wake-up call. I think it was on acid or something at the time and just, yeah, it's like maybe I shouldn't be doing, maybe I shouldn't be, maybe I should actually start caring about myself a little bit more. Um, yeah. And maybe cut some of the toxic people out of my life. So, um, yeah, kind of went through a little bit of a, a, bit of a change, shook up my friend group got rid of some people that uh, yeah didn't want I didn't want in my life anymore and yeah, better for it, happier for it. Like and nothing not that they did anything wrong or no. anything, just, you know, that wasn't the right fit for me going forward. So yeah. yeah, sort of yeah, decided to look after myself a little bit more and yeah.
0: Yeah, have a better better opinion of yourself. Yeah. Not needing to be so destructive. Yeah. Yeah, no, we definitely noticed a, a big a big shift in, in that point and then we all started hanging out quite a bit back then and you mentioned acid before um do you think that had an impact the you know in a positive way some of those experiences sort of yeah, one hundred perspective
1: oh 100 yeah. percent yeah uh in terms of uh personally calming me down yeah um in terms of uh expanding my horizons to like I mean, I I didn't dance for years and years. i a massive, excuse me, massive audiophile. Um, like I've got I don't know, maybe f- thirty speakers that I own, right? Yeah. Um, no, it's massive audiophile. But uh, never danced and was just self conscious, I guess. Yeah. And then yeah, when I had a had an acid trip, had a a moment of uh, introspection, and yeah, just started dancing and. Dance for a whole year after that and it was the happiest, happiest year of my life I think to date.
0: Yeah, what's, what, what do you say about that, about dancing? You said it, you said.
1: Uh, that, yeah, just dancing just made me, uh, so I made it my new year's resolution to dance dance every Every day day, and I did that for an entire year and anybody listening, I 100% encourage you, encourage you to do that because it was, it didn't matter if it was a little bop in the seat or like a full on knife party running around like a complete maniac. I did that the other day here. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Either either just the just the just the movement yeah uh, uh yeah. just put me it didn't matter what mood I was in if I was in a foul mood or a good mood or tired or whatever um yeah just it was it was it was really it was really uh, inspiring
0: there's actually a bit of science to it
1: there's really?
0: a, yeah there's a science to 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 movement uh the the flight or flight response in the body the vagal, the vagal vagal nerve or the door i always get confused with the, the specifics but when you're in a state of anxiety or or anger um and you move your body in a really free and sort of easy way. The mind realizes that it's not in threat because why would you be moving in that way? Mm-hmm. And if it's in threat, you're, you know, like a dog does. Your haunches, are, you're, you're tense and you're ready for for either to f- to to be either to fight someone or or to 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 run away. Yep. And so when you move, when you dance in a, in a really free way, you actually trick your nervous system into being calm. So there's there's a science backed. You you're ahead of the time.
1: Yeah, right. Well, um, there you
0: go. So that that sort of leads into, yeah, music was a big part of our our friendship group, and then we had I've oh got I've got some fond memories of of either festivals parties and parties and, yeah, house parties we had and festivals and and that sort of I guess when was your you know life the universe and Dan when when when's your first experience with Dan when did you meet him properly. You know, it's always been my brother. So yeah. you've known him, and you've hung out yeah, with the Crawford yeah. Smiths, and you've been to house parties. We've had plenty of house parties in Bathurst when we were growing up. But when was the first time you properly met him as a, as an adult, as a man?
1: So I kind of feel like, like we were, we were, we were close, but not that close. As close as you could be to Dan in certain ways, I think you've covered it in the past. What he was, what he was like. He he would open up, but he wouldn't open up. Would never open up all the way, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, because of the type of person that I am, you know, just a realist, and you know, I'm, I'm very. Uh, uh, I like to get to the bottom of things very quickly, and that line of questioning sometimes doesn't sit well with certain people. So I think for a few years there, especially at the start of Dan, and because Dan and I were close, very close towards the end. Yeah, but, but not not really at at the, at the start. Um, and it took I think it just took I think it took a lot of time for him to just sort of come out of his shell with me. Yeah. Um. He he had it as 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 you know he had a different relationship with with everybody that he touched.
0: That's and that's sort of my that, that's, you know, in and, and you know, obviously people listening you, you sort of get some context to these conversations, but it's for me here's my brother. I have a, have a very different relationship. Had a very different relationship to him, and and do now in his in his absence. Um, but what 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 was it like being a friend of Dan's? Because um, he wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a, like a friendship where he was just my brother and we hung out because he was my brother. He he did that was the beautiful thing about Dan. He did form his own relationships. And what was it once once you got through the the awkward phase? What was it like being Dan's friend?
1: He was a brother from another mother. Yeah he was just as close exactly. as, as we are like it just like I said it just it took a while for him to warm up um, well not warm up but just it just took a while for him to I think come out of his shell um, and yeah I mean I think we became really close after Kinoundra. Um so we went away for we went up to uh, Tobes's other farm and um, for a weekend, just to have a bit of a camp and a bit of fun. I think it might have been somebody's birthday. I think
0: it was actually my first guest, Huey. Huey's birthday or right. someone, one of those. I think it was one of those boys.
1: And uh, so Dan, at that point, had been when he was coming to Sydney. Uh, if he needed if he ever needed a place to crash, he'd he'd obviously come and stay at our place at the, on the Succubus couch. Um,
0: yeah, that that I, I I've spent many a night on that couch. Um, if anyone trying to understand what it is. It's not like any normal couch. It it is
1: the most comfortable couch in the world. It's the
0: most comfortable couch in the world. But it's about three metres by four metres and about a meter deep and it has these ginormous cushions. And it's been a part of Nico's life and then as an extension my life for and Dan's life for the best part of the last probably ten years, maybe even longer. And it's it's a it's a staple part of the the friendship group. Um many a day and night sitting on that couch either Talking crap, or playing video games, or watching documentaries, or later on in life, putting YouTube on uh, on yeah. shuffle and what, just whatever comes, whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever conspiracy game. theory, yep. or whatever documentary, <laughs> or strange engineering dude online trying to just Get play on. with transistors and things. But yeah. that couch, <clears throat> I know was a was you call it a succubus. If you actually know what a succubus is, you might change the definition because a succubus is actually a. a, a, a a goddess who comes to men's dreams and tries to eat their souls (laughs) but i suppose it does it did try to (laughs) eat our soul so maybe it's a maybe it's an apt maybe it did definitely take my soul at times um but for dan i i use the word another s word as a a bit of a sanctuary for him you provided a a safe place you know he had a few safe places that he could come what was it like having dan come in and out but without really knowing when or at what time or well, I think, how long he'd stay for?
1: I think I think that's one of the things that uh, yeah I think that's one of the things that I meant by it took a while for him to sort of come out of his show. It took a while for him to realize that there was absolutely no judgment and that, yes. that that it it took a while for him to realize that those words of encouragement, like I was saying to him, like I kept saying to him, like if you ever need anything, you know, the the the, the door's always open. Yeah, the keys, the key's always in the spot, and it just it took it took it took a, it took a little while for him to, but towards the end, like. He was another part of the furniture. He was there every night. He used to cook. He used to cook for for the three of us. He used to share the cooking. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was awesome to come home to a, an amazing Dan meal and the way that he could just put away a chicken. Oh Holy yeah. Shit. We talked about that with with yeah.
0: Huey. Yeah. But yeah. just just on a the point, there I want to just reiterate that lots of people offer that kind of uh, hospitality yeah. and not many people follow through. And so I I, I credit you, Nico, with. Been a man of your work because I've asked favors in the past, and you not only come through, you uh, you go above and beyond. So I I respect the the what's the word I'm looking for? I respect the the friendship, the the value you have in friendships, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's a beautiful thing to be able to help to to give someone like especially yeah. and like I Dan. Think,
1: and I think and I think with Dan like um, loyalty is the word I'm looking for. I think he I think he really appreciated. Uh, Having that space because he would come home at you know all hours because of working on the farm or whatever whatever he was up to whatever he was if he was you know if he's helping helping you or Jules or whatever whatever he was doing in his life he would he would come and go kind of as he as he pleased um yeah you, know, you had a spare key hidden didn't you yeah and it didn't matter if it was three o'clock in the morning like there were there were many nights where I would I would pass out on the couch at you know. Midnight, and then I'd wake up at four o'clock, and, and he'd be he'd be he'd be on the other side of the couch fast <laughs> asleep. And I didn't even hear him come Did, in. Yeah, uh, he was. How often was he there? Um, I mean, I would say probably the last three ish years of his life. Probably an average of four nights a week.
0: Yeah. So if he wasn't in Bondi, he was with you then. Basically, yes. Yeah. Or if he wasn't on the farm. yeah i guess and
1: he spent he spent he spent a lot of time with us like a lot of time and you know we um yeah we had a we had a we had our own like i said unique relationship we at the end saw it, we we saw each other as as, as brothers you yeah. know we it was it was a beauti- he was a he was a beautiful human absolutely beautiful
0: human. yeah as as a as we are all we all consider ourselves the group, his his group, he had four boys, and there was the four of us, the really close group. But there's plenty of other people in that yep. coming out of those groups. So those four cores, yeah, I'd consider you guys all brothers. The, the relationship, the the loyalty, and the and the trust, and the and the friendship. And it's I'm feeling a little emotional now, knowing that you know Dan had somewhere because I always worried about him when he wasn't when he was with me. I kind of knew what was going on, or when he was with Mum or Tobias, I knew. But there was days where I wouldn't know, and so it's there's a bit of
1: and. And same same with us. Like I mean, I uh, only recently, uh, probably about two three weeks ago, actually, because I mean, I've never deleted anything off my phone, no. so all the messages and everything are all still there. And like I mean, I went through it, and you can actually see. I think the first message I ever got from was like back in two thousand and fifteen. So <laughs> like, hey, Nico, it's Dan, and then. 2015, like hey? 2015, so...
0: That's sort of the end of the, 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 the big festival scene for us.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was kind of like when we started, I guess, settling down a little bit. Yeah, well, I met Ash. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it was... It was uh, you can actually see in the messages, like... You can see where we were kind of like a little bit... He was your brother and a friend. And yes. Then, and then you can see the change... In the from the hey, are you around on such and such date? To uh, what protein are you bringing home for us to cook? Yeah, you know, it was kind of like <laughs>
0: that's a really cool way of putting it. I was that's sort of what I was thinking before. It was like when yeah, when did the the transition from Dan be my like and Max's think, brother to being my my brother?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean we definitely bonded over 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 the cooking as well. The cooking was was always was always fun and always. There was always heaps of it and there was always nothing left. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. you
0: you both have insatiable appetites. Um, I myself can put away a fair bit but I think you and Dan put me both to shame. Um, Yeah. Oh, I guess this is the the point in which I've been dreading getting to but what... I I don't actually remember how you found out Um, did I, I can't remember if I called you or if you, someone else told you, it's all a bit of a blur for me.
1: So, um, yeah, I was obviously, obviously been since, you know, since listening to the last couple of podcasts, I've always been thinking about this a a bit as well. Um, so what I remember, uh, obviously you've covered the Bucks party already. Yeah. Um, and then what I remember is, uh, you were heading back down to Melbourne Yeah. uh, and then, the offer was there for Dan to come and stay at ours, but he was like, "No, nah, it's all right. I'll just, I'll stay. At, I'll stay. At, I'll stay at Max's. You know, I've got a bit more space. Blah blah blah. I'll be by myself. Yep, fair enough. Yeah, beautiful view. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, and then I remember I got a call from Woody asking me on the, this. This is on the Saturday morning. Uh, I got a call from Woody asking me if I'd heard from Dan, and immediately I was like, I was immediately like a, a bit. Because I'm a little bit like that. I always my mind for some for whatever reason yeah. tends to always go to the worst possible scenario. Yeah. Whatever that might be. Um. And I mean,
0: and would and, and I
1: wasn't I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't acutely aware of.
0: And you wouldn't normally expect a call from
1: Woody on a Saturday morning. About that. About Dan. It would be it would be a message. Yeah. And normally um,
0: he wouldn't say where's Dan. He just yeah. he just deal with it hey himself. And if he heard from Danny, yeah, or anything
1: yeah. like that, It was like, Do you know where Dan is? Yeah. And I was like, No. And then, um, uh, and then I remember I had a missed call from Alex Bland. Yeah. Uh, so I tried to call him back, but didn't get through. Yeah. And then I think I got I tried calling you, um, and you were either on the phone or it went to to voicemail. I don't think we spoke. Directly. And then, and then I remember I rang Woody back, and um, I. Uh, yeah, he didn't answer. Well, sorry, he did answer, and he and, he, and uh, he said, "I'll, I'll be because I was at work on the Saturday morning." He goes, "I'll be at work. I'll, I'll be at the workshop in, in in five minutes," and that's when, that's when I was like, "Well, fucking, yeah." It's pretty clear, something, something's happened. And I remember he got out. Of the, he got He got out of the out of the taxi. Walked up to me He just gave me a hug, and I just remember saying, oh, "No, nah, it's not. You're fucking lying. It's not true."
0: Yeah, and if you haven't listened to the other two podcasts, this is that sad moment when we are all finding out in February 2018, just after my Bucks Party, that our dear brother Dan had uh, taken his own life um, on the Friday, the 23rd of February. And so this is me understanding what it was like for Nico to experience the loss of a brother and a dear friend, uh, which... You know, in my own pain, I've never really been able to ask you what it was like, dude. <laughs> so, it's
1: fucking horrendous. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine what, what it, based off how, what it was like for me, I can only imagine what it was like for you. And I know that, I know that in, the, in, in the five and a bit years since, I've, I've seen you go through some shit that you shouldn't have to go through. And, yeah, I think uh, I'm immensely proud of you. Oh, thanks, dude. So, um, and you know what you're doing now, and uh, and the celebration of of Dan's life is is something that he deserves.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what I want to get. I get to it. What's it been like in the last five years through your own experience of of dealing with the loss? What's
1: um, I mean, I've still look over and see him on the couch from time to yeah. time yeah i've got a i've got a uh if it wasn't for all the alcohol and and and, uh, and 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 weed i would probably have a much better uh photographic memory so i say to people that i have a semi-photographic memory <laughs> and it's kind of kind of true um like i see when i remember dan i have vivid memories of the the pores under his eye of his bright blue eyes yeah like that little tuft of red hair yeah and just the stubble that he used to try and grow oh god like. it was great wasn't
0: it <laughs> <laughs> in contrast to Nico who we affectionately now after 15 years he's no longer well he never was fat gay to me but he is Nico Bear because his hair is a bear his hair is a bear and that's due to his Greek ancestry but yeah I I, <coughs> I know what you mean by I've, I haven't, yeah, I've been on my own little journey these last year or so, so I haven't been in Newtown at your place as, as much as I used to be. But there are times that I do walk in, and that place has such a, a such a sort of visceral experience for me, like the, the, the smells and the sights and the whole room. And yeah, I half expect to to walk around that chest of yours in the center and yep. see him lying there. And yep. I can imagine for you that that's, a, that's a, often a daily thing. So how how was that going through? That process of just having to deal with the deal with the absence of someone who was such a mainstay in your life.
1: Um, yeah. Look, I mean, I it, it hurt. It really hurt, and it hurt for a fucking long time. Yeah, and it still hurts. Still hurts. Um. But uh. Yeah, just. I mean, it's always a little bit unreliable. It's always a little bit Danny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then, we've spoken about that and then yeah it's just to have you know there were there were times when i would get my phone out to send him a text yeah and then it would i'd get three or four words into it and then realize that he wasn't going to be writing back like what the fuck was i doing yeah. yeah and that took that took a while to subside yeah um yeah i guess it was it was hard it was hard it was horrible um, But the love that we all have for each other And the way that we all supported each other Especially in the early days um, I think I think really helped I knew I wasn't alone Yeah We all let each other know that we weren't alone Yeah um, So yeah um, You know I was pretty distraught for a little while I'm, I'm not much of a crier I'm not much of a an emotional person uh not outwardly anyway yeah um it's good too so yeah i kind of i guess i wasn't being strong for other people but if other people needed me to be strong i had the capacity to do so yeah hold space yeah, yeah. beautiful thing so um and yeah i guess it's just you know every now and then i'll i'll allow myself to think about danny and how, how much fun we used to have and jokes and yeah just and i'll I'll allow myself to to cry a bit and and remember and yeah and feel the pain because you know you're only human right
0: oh yeah it's a big part of the the healing process too to go through the grief and the pain and also it's a a testament to the to our connection with someone is the the amount of depth we feel when that when their loss is when they're in their absence when we lose them
1: and and by no means i mean absolutely no means do I, do, I, do I blame Danny at all yeah um, I think I want to make that point
0: uh, it's a hard one isn't it uh,
1: yeah look I mean given given the the wider circumstances I don't think I've ever been to so the timeline of events was your bucks uh, and then Danny's funeral and then the very next weekend was your wedding yep and I've never Been to such a, to this day, I've never been to such a beautiful wedding because everyone that was at the wedding was at the funeral. Correct. And it was just like a continuation of, there was just, there was so much love in the air and just, I mean, obviously sadness, but there was more love than there was sadness.
0: Yeah, it's the only time I've ever experienced that where I've been to two such contrasting experiences and everyone been involved in both surreal like that's it's a,
1: it's it's I, i'm glad
0: you brought that up because as hard as it was to go from a funeral to a wedding within a week of each other there wasn't a single person that hadn't been to both and everyone knew what the other was going through and everyone just raised themselves into this such a place of of joy and and for for you know it's tough for ash and i and and the so we went through our own battles over the, the the ensuing years and our our divorce has been two years but we in, in that that divorce, I think, from that marriage, sorry, from the wedding, from the outset, there's been a lot of love, and we we had a really loving divorce, and I think that sort of has carried through. We went through our stuff, and things change, and there's I've always I I look back at the wedding, I've watched the video of it. There's a few videos actually, um, and I, I watch it with fond memories. I don't have any any yeah it's 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 a really strange thing to to experience um but the other question I had for you and if you you don't have to talk about it is the way in which Dan took his own life
1: um so one one other thing i will add to yeah the, go for it. uh to the timeline of things is uh i really honestly believe that that was kind of maybe danny's way of. <laughs> bringing uh, bringing everyone together.
0: It's it's funny. I've
1: it's a. I know. I know. I know there are there are people that don't agree with that statement. Um,
0: I've had the same. I have. had the same thoughts. I agree, whether or not. Yeah, the other people agree. I agree with you. It's because he's not in the wedding photos, and we all had that opportunity to be together. Yeah, like that. That's true. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah. Look, I don't, I don't blame him at all, and I think his his last act, if you will, as some might call it selfish, um, others might call it release. Um, I think his his very last act was not with himself in mind. Yeah, I think, I think it was.
0: It's a really beautiful thing. To I, think. Think
1: a, I think it was. I think it was a matter of timing, and you know, he, he knew what he knew what was going to happen.
0: I think that's the challenge with it, and we, you know, we, I've spoken to Hughie about it, and obviously Mum in the previous podcast about his health, and we, you know, I don't think you had any idea. Well, obviously, he didn't drink and stuff, but we I didn't.
1: Had, I had. Uh, well, I mean, so towards the very end, because he, he was coming into the city to get some tests and, and whatnot. And I, I did keep asking him a, a, about his results because um, he was like, oh, yeah, they're coming in. And then he would just do what he always did and say, yeah, no, it's fine, everything yeah. came back clear, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, there was no there was no alarm bells. But that being said, when you live with someone and they're... I mean, yes, he celiac and which, you know was usually quite tired obviously worked quite physically all the time as well but when you live with someone you can kind of tell when they're that lethargic all the time yeah you know there's something eating at them right yeah and i never well he spent
0: a lot of time with you so you'd see these patterns
1: and i never i never i never pushed i never i never i never uh wanted him to feel like i was prying so so in 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 the in the true sense of the word, I, mean, I was aware there was something going on, but what it was, I had no idea. Yeah, and the amount of pain that he must have been, I had no
0: idea. It's unimaginable. Like we're talking about emotional pain right now, but I think the only way I could explain it was that on on a regular week, for no reason, Dan could be going through the the, the withdrawals of a, what we would call a bender <laughs> from a bender. So he he put up with a lot of pain and. I guess we just had to allow him his process, and yeah, I, I respect that. It's not an easy thing to to not feel anger towards towards someone for, for making that kind of decision and ending their life early. But so,
1: so to to, to your point, uh, to your to your question from before. Um, so, uh, I had spinal surgery back in two thousand and fourteen. Uh, I had an L four L five fusion. Uh, prior to that, I uh, was uh, prescribed uh, Oxycontin, uh, started at 40 milligrams and was then prescribed 80 milligram. Uh, I was on...
0: It's pretty high though, 40 milligrams to start off with. I thought that was, was like... a big boy. Yeah. Because um, that, could, that could knock out most people.
1: <laughs> so I started with one 80 milligram. 140 milligram tablet a day realized very quickly that wasn't enough for the nerve pain that i was feeling i was also on 1000 milligram of lyrica uh, sorry 3000 milligrams of lyrica a day as well um so prior to the surgery i was on oxycontin for about a year uh just waiting to get into theater um I was actually born with what's called a PARS defect or stress fracture. Uh, cricketers get them in their lower back. So okay. my L4, L5 spondylitis was never attached. It was only ever attached by scar tissue. So despite losing a whole bunch of weight um, and, you know, uh, getting relatively fit, I uh, the, the pain persisted and I was getting shooting pain down my right leg. So I went and got an MRI and They discovered this issue uh, and basically told me that if I didn't get surgery, um, I'd potentially lose the the uh, ability to use my legs um, because my own spine would have moved forward and severed my the nerve coming out for the right for my right leg.
0: Yikes! So it's pretty serious. So it's
1: pretty serious. um, And no matter what amount, no matter the amount of. physical exercise and whatnot, it was a skeletal issue. So yeah. it needed to be sorted. So during the waiting process, I was prescribed Oxycontin um, and I was, to w- just prior to my surgery, I was on 320 milligrams or, f- or basically four boxes of endone a day. And I was also drinking close to a bottle of scotch a night as well and also working 12 to 15 hours a day. Like it yeah, was, I, I, did that, I did that for 12 twelve months straight. Yeah. Um You're a bit of a machine. So I had the surgery Rightly sur- or wrongly. <laughs> I, had, I had the surgery done and then uh yeah. Um yeah, obviously it took probably about almost nine months to recover from that fully. Uh I was back at work within three months sort of thing. Um and I was up until that point I didn't actually smoke weed. Um I was very much against weed because I started smoking weed when I was when I was way younger, and then went off it for a while, uh, and then to get off the oxycontin because the doctor didn't give me any more after the yeah. after the surgery. That's the cool uh, thing about that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he was like he was like oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna scrub you anymore. You've had the surgery now, you don't need the oxycontin. I was like, okay, fair enough. The withdrawals that I had from that are horrible. Oh, I can 100. I I, I I I get. I get the I get the whole withdrawal. It's ho- it's a horrible thing to go yeah. through. The whole body spasms and aches and when you've got these fresh pins in your spine, it feels like somebody is literally stabbing you in the back. Yeah. It is it's a horrible experience. So even to this day, if I have a tramadol or even one single endone, I don't feel the effects. My pain receptors are so screwed now. I don't feel the effects of the drug itself, but I get the full blown I get the Full blown withdrawals, so it's just Straight away. not worth it for me no. to have any kind of pain medication these days.
0: But do you add the pain medication in your in your in your house.
1: So so yeah, getting getting to, getting to, to to the point. I uh, after the surgery, I mean, we during that year as a as a household and having many parties and benders and and whatnot. It was, it was a party house. Yeah, yeah. We, um, you know, a lot so of fun. occasionally. Uh, not not often, but occasionally, we would dabble in. Oh, you know, whoever was around would ask me for. Or I'd say, "Hey, do you want a little bit of oxy? You know, cut it up into quarters, into eights, whatever. Little slither here, little slither yeah. there, just to just to give you that nice little nice little feeling." And you know, Danny did did partake a couple of times. Um, so he knew like, about it, like we all did. So he he knew, he knew about it. Um, and then I remember I had like. Uh, one sheet, which I think there's either twelve or fifteen tablets on a sheet okay. um I have one sheet left, and uh that kind of the dwindled over the over the over the space of sort of late two thousand and fifteen through to through to whenever and I actually completely forgot about forgot about them because we didn't we didn't touch them for ages yeah and then um I remember down at Sam's house uh, in, uh, in the West there. Oh, yeah, Stanmore. My I uncle. Stanmore, yeah. Um, I, uh, I remember, because at that point, that was kind of just where the family gathered yeah. afterwards before we went over to Manly. But uh, I, remember I remember I was out the front uh, having a cigarette and I overheard something that I probably shouldn't have heard at the time. Which was that there was that they had found some uh, tablets next to him, and I immediately uh, I immediately called an Uber. Didn't tell anybody that I was leaving, and I went straight home. Yeah. I went straight upstairs. And I looked in my top drawer, and uh, it was abundantly clear that uh, Danny had um, yeah, that Danny had come and grabbed the tablets out of my top drawer and. Uh, decided to take his life the most comfortable way. I guess he knew how.
0: What was it like finding that out? Because I found out a different way.
1: It was pretty fucking soul destroying. I um.
0: Because I think you actually know, but knew before I did. Then.
1: Well, I got in an Uber and I went straight back, and I actually went straight up to Jules and I told her straight away. I said, "I'm really sorry, Jules, but." He did take the tablets out of my, out of my, out of my drawer. Yeah. I just, remember, I just remember saying, oh, "I'm so sorry." Have
0: you ever blamed yourself?
1: If if he didn't decide to go that way, he would have decided another way. And Come like a, and like I said, he uh, he chose the most comfortable way. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. He, well, I guess if he tried it once before, he knew how chill it was. Um, he's not not. It kind of been easy knowing that though for you. Knowing that there
1: were, it wasn't. But I mean, the other the other side of it is, man, I I can't blame myself for that because it would eat me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad because I knowing I, I give here the de- decision, so therefore we have to give the mechanism, and the mechanism can't be brought back to you. So I'm I'm glad you you have been able to make some peace with that. Yeah. What was it like telling mum, my Julie? She's you know you've known her for a long time.
1: But Look, if there's one thing that I will say throughout the entirety and I mean obviously I, I haven't I, I'm not privy to behind closed doors or anything, but if there's one thing that I will say about Jules is one of the most stoic people I've ever come across. Yeah. And like I can I can see where Danny gets it. Yeah. I can see where you get it. Yeah. Like uh her ability to hold herself together after just losing a son was awe inspiring. Um which made it uh, even a little more daunting. Yeah. Walking up and saying, Hey, you know, I'm the main reason why Danny's not here anymore. Or sorry, I've I'm 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 the main I'm I was the, the, the person that gave Danny the easiest out. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's not an easy it's not a it wasn't an easy thing to do. No, it's not an easy. Thing. At the end of the day it's something that she needed to know.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's, it was cathartic for her. I, I found out. I don't think I'd had a chance to talk to you at that point, but I found out looking through his, going through his history on his phone.
1: On the, the the all the all the pings of all the towers. Yeah, the pings,
0: but also the fact that the, the other drugs that he was searching were, were. I don't know anyone in my friendship group who has um, gout, so. <laughs> That's that was the. There were three other (laughs) drugs. There were there was modafinil, not modafinil. What's what's your Uh, mobic Mobic and uh, yeah some gout medication and then oxycontin and so sadly I I sort of knew who that was based on the fact that it was in Newtown it was you so and I and I I want to be very clear on this I've never blamed you either because like like you it's the mechanism is irrelevant and when someone makes a decision it's just it's hard to know that
1: yeah it was. I mean, if those tablets weren't there, like I said he would have he would have found another way yeah like once you once you once your mind is made up in in that in those circumstances and I think yeah once you once you once your mind is is made up, it's not really any turn and when you're as determined and stoic S- and stubborn as Danny was yeah i don't right. think there was a switch in I the think brain. you could have been in the room and you still wouldn't have been able no, to stop it.
0: That's that's the way I viewed it. Yeah. So it's been almost five and a half years. Um yeah. what's it what's it been like over the last five and a half years? Do you think there's been times where you know, we've always loved to party, but do you think that it's been that drugs and alcohol have been something that's a necessary thing to deal with for you? Was it did it did it change things or
1: Um Look, I definitely don't party as hard as I used to. Yeah. Um body can't take it. Yeah. Not enough not enough of the mind left, it, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> so um I've definitely slowed down. Uh you know, just after later on in, in twenty eighteen I actually went over to uh Europe and did a big Europe yeah, tour I that. and yeah. I actually almost I almost died myself. Um yeah. I fell over after taking too much ketamine, ketamine and yeah. Broke four ribs, flew for thirteen hours. uh, Sorry, not thirteen. Flew for six hours. Was in transit for thirteen hours. From uh, flew from Ibiza to Barcelona, Barcelona to Rome, Rome to Cyprus, (laughs) with four broken ribs. Number ten on the right side rib was actually floating. It was broken at the front and the back. So that's. That's a flight risk, that's a punctured lung risk. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to fly like that. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, um, that was a bit of a I think I think in combination with the events from earlier that year and and, and sort of parting a bit too hard, that's it was kind of a, it was a, it was a the final catalyst. Yeah. Um and yeah, uh I've definitely slowed down. Definitely slowed down.
0: No, oh, it's good. I the guy slowed very, very much down. <laughs> I think I'll be almost two years sober this year. And uh, in October, um, but something that I found in in my g- grieving process was bringing down into my present. And so, so I run with Dan and I chat to him and, and I chat to him. What do you have a similar sort of experience with him in the in the, in the present moment?
1: Yeah. Um. Kind of not it's not a I wouldn't call it a, an active I don't do this actively yeah. but um, uh, on my phone you've obviously got your if you've got an iPhone you you know you've got your favorites page uh, and he's still like n- number five on the favorites page yeah, yeah so whenever I open my phone and I see his name there I sometimes I call that's nice to say a word or two even though it doesn't ring
0: I actually had to take him off the favourites page the other day. After five years, it was time to, to reorganise my favourites. It's it's a hard thing to move on when someone has such a big part of your life.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like, like I said, it doesn't happen often, but every now and then. Yeah. Every now and then.
0: You're still hoping that you walk into your house one day and Dan's lying on your couch and there's a roast chicken in the oven.
1: I don't think it'll happen in this life, bro. No. Hopefully for the next life.
0: Look, man, I, I think that's a really natural spa- spot to end. I, I really appreciate how honest you were about that. I I wanted to get you on in the early stages because I think it's it must have been really hard for you over those few years. And I was going through my own my own process, and it was really challenging. I, I didn't get a chance to 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 sort of hear your to hear what you were going through, and I, I just I can't even imagine what it was like to. Lose a to lose a brother to lose a friend, and then f- feel the responsibility of knowing that the, the mechanism of his departure de- departing was from a from your front top drawer. And I just I admire the fact that you you haven't you haven't turned that so inwardly. I imagine you would have the tendency to want to beat yourself up about it. it must have been pretty close.
1: I think I think given given the amount of love that was shown from everybody at the time, like. I, I can't beat yourself up over No. That. No, you, right. just, you just can't.
0: <coughs> yeah, well man, I l- I love you endlessly and you're one of my greatest friends
1: and Love you too, bro.
0: I really thank you for being on here and talking about life, the universe, and Dan and I, I yeah, I look forward to the to the next the next few decades that we get to spend time together and hopefully I'll get you back on again to talk about some other shit that's not so depressing. <laughs> but I really appreciate your honesty and Sounds I appreciate like your love.
1: Sounds like fun and I love you too, bro, and um I'm, I'm really excited to see where all this all leads. Yeah, thanks dude. thanks for being here. Thank you.